Hello, welcome to Breaking the Mold, a podcast from the National Precast Concrete Association. I'm your host, Joe Frollo, Director of Communications and Public Affairs at NPCA. Today, we'll be discussing the best ways to build a plant-specific quality control manual. To start, I'll be talking with Mitch Renero of Permatile Concrete Products. A little later in the show, you'll hear from NPCA's Phil Cutler and Tony Zend of the Reinforced Earth Company. Let's get started. Hey, Mitch, thanks for giving us some of your time today. Uh, looking forward to talking. Looking forward to it, Joe. So, Mitch, a QC manual in and of itself, just, just a 10,000-foot view, it, it's part of the NPCA certification process, but how important is it to have that document or that file on hand as the year goes on, and just how valuable is something like that just to a facility in and of itself? Well, Joe, as you know, in the precast industry, plant facilities make many different products. To have a specific manual for your facility is very important. It helps new employees learn your quality control methods, uh, the organizational chart of the facility. Uh, it also helps with you know your supervisor lists, your shipping policies, marking of products. It's, it's really the foundation for your quality control program. And for someone who's never done it before, it can seem like a really daunting task at the start, I'm sure, like, like anything you'd write or you'd produce or you'd put together. Heck, when you're, you're making a new product, I mean, there's a lot of steps that goes into that. So what's the best way you'd think to get started? Well, you can't do it all at once. You can't just sit down and write it front to back. But how do you break it down and, and put it in pieces so it's easier to digest and easier to get to a finished product? So our, our manual has taken 50-some years to develop. You obviously, like you stated, you can't start and have everything done right off the bat. So you start with the basics. One of the best things for us was we talked to some of our QC, QA people with our local DOT departments, and they helped us develop our QA, QC manual, and our, especially for our site specific. They were a tremendous help. Other NPCA members who are maybe making similar products to you, that is a tremendous resource that you can depend on. Uh, the NPCA itself, Phil Cutler is probably a great resource for a, a new plant that's looking to start a new site facility manual. I think if you're starting from the from scratch and you've never produced a piece of precast in your life, I would first thing I would do would be come to an NPCA meeting, meet some producers, and pick their brains. Uh, I, I've not run into anyone within the NPCA uh, family that has not been open to discussion about. Uh, methods uh, to improve quality. Um, you know, that's that's a great thing about uh, the organization itself is the sharing of ideas to promote precast. And I think the best way to promote precast is with producing a quality product. Yeah, I've, I've really found that about NPCA and its members in my time here is that I like to use the term, you know, friendly rivals or friendly competitors. You know, everybody wants to get the bid themselves, but in the end, they want the precast made at the highest quality and, and the best product possible out there because you know good precast leads to more precast jobs and and bad precast can can sometimes affect beyond just that company um, they may go with another you know material type the next time so 
it, it truly is the the rising tide lifts lifts all boats. That's a fantastic way of, of of you explaining that there to us. And then as far as putting it together, like you said, you 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 can't do it all at once. Where would you start? What what should be included early on? If it's going to evolve over fifty years, you're obviously going to add things to it every year. But what what's the core? What's what's the the the, the nut, as they say? The first page of our manual is our mission statement. What are we here to do? It's to produce quality precast at affordable pricing and hopefully to grow our industry. So like you said earlier, precast has more of a foothold in materials specifications over other type products. We also, right off the top, tell everyone who our QAQC personnel are here. Our next uh, section in our manual uh, shows the structure of our organization. It shows the, the owners, it shows the general manager, the plant manager, the supervisors, the foreman, laborers. Um, and there's a flow chart as to where these people talk to each other and who reports to whom. I think that's a very important thing or, you know, the same story gets told a hundred times to, and nobody knows what's going on. Uh, we list our, our personnel um, that way everyone has, has a name that they can reference. We also include a ton of references for our organizational chart, our representatives, our shipping policy. That's a big one. What strength is required for your product to ship? Uh, who has to check off on it? Uh, we have our material suppliers list. We have our curing methods listed. We have plastic concrete test methods that we use. Our cylinder testing methods are listed. And so many of these things can come from that MPCA manual. So you're not starting everything from scratch, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You have resources in this industry that can help you build a lot of it. But when you're at a certain facility, a lot of facilities pour wet cast concrete. There's a lot of facilities that pour dry cast concrete. They're different test methods. They're different methods of pouring those products. And even within the dry cast industry, there's a lot of other uh, methods within that industry you can use. So to have a site-specific one is very important. You can start with your equipment manufacturing facility. If you have uh, equipment you've purchased from someone, they're a great resource at the proper use of it. You don't want to get a, a new form or a, a new machine in and just guess at how to use it. You want the training. And with that training, they usually will have a written program that you can include in your manual. So anybody can come in and read it and, and have an understanding of how to operate it correctly so you're getting the quality product out of it. Yeah, that's a great point. You're not copywriting this manual. It's for internal use. So you can just copy and paste large sections of it from other NPCA members if they do something similar or something that you get from another company or someone that you work with. Don't don't be shy about using your copy machine and just you don't it's not like you have to tweak it around. This isn't a final paper in college or this isn't a, a test you're taking in high school or anything like that. You you can literally crib and and be fine and be putting all that together. That's that's good. So you talked a little bit about a general plant manual and a, and a, a plant-specific manual. Can, can you tell the difference maybe to people who are starting out or early in the process, why it's important to know the difference between the two and to have the ability to have one or the other on hand? Yeah, your general manual is going to give you your general gist of your production practices. You know, it's going to have your testing methods and such things like that. 
when you get to very specific things, it's almost product specific, I guess is how I would describe it. You want to be able to have an employee be able to look in the manual and understand the processes that are specifically required for that product. Uh, you don't want them, you know, they might have a general understanding of the precast industry, but when you get into specific products, every product has its own unique way of producing it. So having a specific manual on hand, especially for newer employees who are learning uh, the processes, it's great reference for them to come in and take a look at, oh, okay, you know, this is this is what I need to do on the next step. We're at uh, Permatile. Where do you guys keep the manual? Is it in digital form? Is it printed out? Is it is there only one in, in, in an area of the plant or do you have multiple? How, how do you distribute it and make sure people have access to it? We have them in binders. Uh, we also have a digital uh, form of it. That, that's the one we edit. And then we will redistribute that back into the uh, binders in each department. Um, that way it's always on hand. Uh, you know, somebody doesn't have to go search it out. Um, they're in big red binders, which I have sitting right here on my desk, actually. Um, and it's it's a great way for someone that has quick reference to something if they need it. And you talked a little bit before about updating it, how it's 50 years in the making. How does that process go through? Do you wait until something changes or do you have certain times every year or every quarter that you set aside to address it? How, how do you approach that? Uh, we have a mandatory review once a year um, that we do ourselves. Uh, we go through the entire manual, update the sections that need to be updated, um, that does not mean that we only do it once a year. If we have maybe a production member come in and say, hey, I think this process might work a little bit better, we'll review that with our QATC personnel and supervisors and foremen. And if we feel it's uh, an improvement, we will make that change and redistribute the literature for it. Mitch, I know there at Permatile, you guys work really closely with the Virginia Department of Transportation when it comes to your plant-specific manual. Can you talk a little bit and just give a little bit of uh, anecdotal experience of, of what it's like working with that as a resource and not just NPCA members and, and the association itself, but groups out there that are invested in you guys doing what you do the best that you can? Uh, yeah, Joe, we had, uh, when we first started our manual, we had our local district of the VDOT, which is the Virginia Department of Transportation, uh, their QAQC manager actually helped us write our original manual. It wasn't quite as thick back then, but he really gave us the foundation and it was sort of based off of the Virginia Department of Transportation's quality manual. They have, they have obviously their manual that they use uh, when they're doing their work and they helped us sort of tweak ours and develop it. And then we took that general manual and transformed it into a precast specific manual. Um, a lot of their manual had to do with ready mix applications, um, not so much precast. And we've shifted that into the precast specific manual. They were a great resource when we were starting out. Fantastic. It's always good to get input from wherever you can and bring the best ideas to, to the page. Well, Mitch, thank you for giving us your time today. It's been a pleasure talking to you about this, and uh, we look forward to exploring some more subjects down the road with you in your, uh, your, your new role as a member of our board and everything that we're going to be doing together over the next 12 months or so. Thank you, Joe. I've enjoyed it. All right. We'll come back in a little bit with the Engineer's Corner. 
Join us as we bring together more than 4,000 manufactured concrete industry professionals for the largest precast-specific trade show in the United States. The Precast Show, set for February 23rd through the 25th, 2023 in Columbus, Ohio, offers the chance to grow your business and discover new opportunities. Don't miss out on building relationships with industry leaders that foster growth opportunities, enhance your brand awareness, and extend your reach. You can also take advantage of more than 100 hours of education, two behind-the-scenes plant tours, the keynote luncheon, and a closing celebration at the home of MLS franchise, The Columbus Crew. All networking opportunities to cement your connections. Visit theprecastshow.org and make plans now to attend the Precast Show. The business of concrete starts here. Hello, this is Phil Cutler from MPCA. I'm joined today by Mr. Tony Zend of the Reinforced Earth Company. How you doing, Tony? Doing great, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, Tony, um, to start off today, I mean, I think it's important that, that people understand kind of what the purpose of the plant-specific QC manual is. And so maybe we could start today by, by talking a bit about that. Sure, Phil. I'd be happy to address that. Um, having been working in, uh, in precast and engineering and, and quality uh, control, quality assurance, um, you know, I, this is a great opportunity to discuss these, these plant-specific QC manuals and, and topics as such. Uh, the purpose of the plant-specific QC manual is to uh, assure consistent quality in uh, precast products, uh, how they're manufactured, uh, making sure that they meet the project and product specifications. It's also great assurance for the contractor, subcontractors we're dealing with, the owners, to understand that the precaster has a solid uh, QC program uh, to make sure that these products can, can last the lifetime, whatever that is, 50, 75, 100 years. Do you feel that plants utilize the the manual as well as maybe a training or an orientation tool for new employees? Maybe. Oh yes, it's 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 very important to develop a solid QC program. The training, the training for quality control technicians and and production alike to have training because because we build quality into production. And we assure it through our quality uh, control supervisors and technicians. But yes, having a training program for both not only quality, but for production as well. When a company puts together its manual, what in your opinion are the most important topics to either start with or to review each year as you know a plant evolves and maybe changes products or process or something? Great question. Um, I believe that uh, understanding and reviewing product specifications and requirements is very, very important. Uh, for example, we had the watertight testing of tanks that came up in NPCA and, and also DOT. The DOT has requirements, frequency of testing, new test, ASTMs. I can go on and on and on about that, but understanding really the product specifications is extremely important and also... Uh, yeah, it's the product and the project, right? Uh, sometimes I've seen to where municipalities, for example, they change, they update their requirements, changing, for example, step size, spacing. So you really need to understand not only 
the the product specification requirements, but re, uh, the project, but also the product requirements. And like I said, those change. So you got to be on top of that. And I would also add uh, another important aspect of that is understanding and reviewing the corrective actions reports. They should be a QC program should have a corrective action report that's reviewed and uh, used for training purposes. And it should, it should go over any kind of quality defects, customer complaints. That's how we make a solid QC program. So that also is very important. As you're going through there and you, and you reflect back, you should see where your gaps are, address them, and you address that by having, again, training and making changes to your QC program and, and so forth. So those are three keys. I guess from, from maybe my experience, when I, when I go into the plant and, and grab a hold of the plant manual, it provides me kind of a roadmap, if you will, and guides me through what the plant's doing in terms of you know, what the products they're making, what kind of processes they've got in place. Most of the time there's an org chart, so you get a feel for who's who and maybe even a plant layout of where everything is clear down to, you know, the old bone pile kind of thing. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, field expand upon that, really. I think you can tell a lot by a precast concrete manufacturing facility by looking at their QC manual, looking to see that if they're adhering to it, that speaks volumes. I wonder how the size of the facility gets involved with the making of the manual. You know, does a small shop need a more detailed manual than a than a plant with 150 people, or is it just the opposite? It's a great question. So to me, you know, I think about this. I, th- I think of the size. Obviously, you have to look at the the size of the plant, right? You have small plants, as you said, larger plants, multiple plants. I think the size and the product line, definitely, definitely, you have to look at those and they're going to impact your manual. Uh, the fundamentals, however, the fundamentals, to me, when I think of quality, they're fundamentals. Regardless of the size of the facility, there's common fundamentals that apply. Solid pre-pour, concrete placement, post-pour. There's so many aspects. So those fundamentals, to me, remain constant. However, the more complex the product line, let's take, for instance, pre-stress. I started off in a plant that did pre-stress. And you look at the level of detail in that manual, it's it's quite a bit. Now, having a large plant versus a small plant or multiple, yeah, when you have that, say, a larger plant, even though it's doing simple, maybe it's doing some basic fundamental drainage product a culvert or what have you, it's a lot tougher to really keep that consistent level of quality uh, without having a more detailed QC manual. So even though the core is, you have those fundamentals, you know, if it's more complex, oh yeah, you're going to have standard operating procedures, a lot more to it. And, and also same with, if you have a large, a large plant, and you have more more production lines, more QC personnel, more management. Who's how is it? How are we involved? How are we managing quality defects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So it does make a difference, absolutely. Fundamentally, um, if you got like a, a shop of ten people versus a shop of a hundred, obviously the 
the 10 wear more hats than the 100. So they they have to have, uh, you know, quite a diverse understanding of various and sundry processes, as opposed to, you know, maybe somebody who works on, like you said, uh, a box culvert or a manhole base or something like that. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I tell you, I've seen both. I've seen both extremes, really, really small plant and, and really, really large ones where, where I'm at now. Um, it's, it's just massive. So the smaller plants, it's, 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 it's interesting when you sit back and look at it, right? It's, it's, easier, it's easier to enforce, in my opinion. It's easier to control the quality per se, but there's some trade-offs that come along with that. You said you got to wear multiple hats. Uh, it's tough, right? And you got to keep a clear separation from production with the quality. You may not even have a, you may not even have a lab, you know, a, a real good lab to break cylinders. I should say you may have to subcontract things out. It's a lot tougher. Absolutely, they got their pluses and minuses. When you have a larger type of plant, you can have. Uh, you tend to have right a nice QC lab, more personnel, but again, harder to control the consistency of the quality. You know, to continue our, our conversation, how do you go about writing the plant-specific man- manual and, you know, with enough detail for what, you know, say an engineer might want or or simple enough for someone going through, you know, like a new employee going through orientation, just to give them a kind of a, a broad overview of, of what happens at the plant? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, another, that's another great question. As, we, as we, we discussed earlier, as we develop this, we, we want to look at the, the, you know, the product and the project specs of the, that we're, you know, that, that, that we're going to be uh, held to. But also, really, it's finding then, looking at that, taking that in, and um, and and finding that that sweet spot of writing that manual to, to meet those both of those needs, right? From, from understanding it at uh, our folks, our QC and production, and the folks that we submit it to. So I would say this: when we when we put that together and develop that, it also needs to be based upon. Our customer. I mean, is it going to be, you know, our biggest customers? Is it a DOT? Is it a municipality that you're going to be doing a lot of this work for? Do they have inspectors? Are they actually looking at the manual? I mean, some of them, I've seen a wide range there with with your customer. So so you really have to, you really, that's a big function of the manual. Now we're going to have our fundamentals that we have in there, sure. But to your point, when you look at some of the the requirements, uh, wow! I've seen some project specifications over the last few years where the level of detail of the quality requirements are unbelievable. I mean, extremely stringent. Sometimes a bit a bit unrealistic. Uh, it can be because they're not really understanding that side of it. So. Definitely understanding your customer, their requirements, who's looking at it, are you turning it in? So based on that, then you make your manual with all those things in mind. You you, you put your manual together. You uh, it's going to be it's going to have depending, of course, on your customer and your product line. It's going to be it can be complex. And to me, a rule of thumb: you're, if you have a good QC manual, you should have to explain it to a degree to your new employees. And then once they look at it, Phil, they go, you know what? This makes sense. 
This makes sense. It shouldn't be so watered down to where there's no value to it. Customers need to feel that they're, you know what? I'm confident. These guys know what they're doing. They they don't, we don't dodge things. It's black or white. No look, no gray area. So to me, that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder, A, does it really matter if you have one or not? And, you know, what's it really mean to a specifier? Are they really looking at it? You know, are they really engaged? Do they really care? I mean, after all, the end of the day, I mean, between a general contractor, uh, a municipal specifier and, and a DOT, you're talking about three completely different animals with three levels of understanding that may or may not match. And so I always wondered, you know, are they going to read it? Do they really care? You know, you know, Phil, I, I will say this much. I would say from my experience, from the last five years or so, I have seen more requirements to submit your QC manual. I've seen commentary back. Well, it's one thing just to submit it, but you have some of the owners now have their reviewing authorities reviewing it. They review it. So I would say over the last five years, I have definitely seen an increase. Now, you'll have some projects where I think now more than ever, again, they'll at least require you to submit your QC plan. Not all. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I would say those two things from the last five years, I've seen an increase in that. And the other piece I'd like to follow up with is I would also say, don't be afraid to question some of the quality in the specification, some of the quality requirements. You may see you may see some requirements that you typically don't see from the DOTs, the municipalities. You know, I would, I would argue that nowadays, because I've been on both sides of the fence, that the, the engineering firms and so forth putting out these specifications, you know, they're having challenges as well. So, and, and they don't, most of them don't have that precast understanding or background. They may be piecemealing things. I've seen a lot of that. Great intentions, right? They want to assure the customer in the specifications that they're addressing it. So I see a lot of that, but don't be afraid at the same token. Don't be afraid to question that. I've done, I, I did that several times and I would recommend that. Give them what they want, assure quality, propose to them your QC plan and program. And, uh, and, and a lot of times they will accept that. So not only, I guess, what I'm hearing here is, you know, the, the tendency of the owner, if you will, to raise the bar. I, I want more for my dollar kind of thing to a posture of being more engaged with the producer. So I guess... I'm wondering, I get the question all the time, you know, well, I'm having trouble with the specifier and the specifications. They just don't make any sense to me. They're overkill. And I don't know how to go back and talk to them about it. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is give them what they want, but don't be afraid to, to say, is this really necessary? Is, is, is this kind of a requirement going to meet your expectations without going overboard kind of thing? Yes, and and I've 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 done that quite a bit, and you know what? They actually feel truthfully they appreciate it because they're trying to do the right thing by assuring that for their owner. But sometimes again, they don't have that that understanding uh, to the fullest. So that's their, so when you come back and you give them feedback in a healthy manner, 
in a productive manner. Say, look, I think what you're trying to do here is I think this is what you're wanting. Well, we have this addressed as such. Or even further, we have this, but if you would like me to increase the frequency of that or do this in addition, this is what I would propose that we do and, and make them part of the solution and, and, and so forth. It surprised me when I've done that in the last few years, the response we get back is is fantastic. And then I said, listen, why don't you we invite them to the plant, make them part of it so they can see it. It, it really is is something that I don't think a lot of precasters uh, think about. They're just they just don't know how to deal with it. But I would encourage I would encourage folks, particularly engineers, if you have them at the plants, to engage in that, embrace it. And lastly, on that, if it was me and we, you know, one of the things I've always pushed for is do pre-engineering, pre-engineering when we're bidding big jobs. Okay, and what are we talking about? Not just engineering, the quality piece, looking at the specifications up front, if we see some some really um, excessive requirements, costly uh, QC requirements that aren't needed, then it's a great opportunity on the front end through an RFI, request for information, to get clarity on that. And I would argue this much too. If we do that, then you know what? You're saving, it's valued engineering, Right. You're not, you're not, the, the owner wants this quality assured, okay? You're tell, You're sharing with him, let's let's do things this way. This isn't needed. It's valued engineering on the front end. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a total win both ways. I mean, ultimately, the owner gets what they want and they're not paying extra or paying, paying for something that puts thorns in the backside of the producer in order to, to complete the job. So, yeah, everybody wins in that regard. That's a really good point. So, Tony, in in closing today, um, are there any other thoughts that you might have uh, for plants in the manual? Uh, Sure, Phil. Uh, You know, some of the most important parts in developing the manual and the program in general. Number one, far and foremost, the commitment by management. Top, down, QC, and production alike. That is going to set the tone for everything. It, and I can't overemphasize that. Um, the program, the manual should be built with standard operating procedures. And I, and I would make it inclusive from getting the materials on site to the product leaving the yard. So very comprehensive manual with standard operating procedures. And really one of the things I also would like to emphasize, it all starts off with a great production casting drawing and inclusive of tolerances on the pre-pour, final tolerances on the post-pour. Uh, and I would also add that the pre-pour, one of the most important processes is putting emphasis on the pre-pour inspection. The manual should cover that uh, in, in great level of detail and should will live and die by that. And then uh, the last piece uh, I'd like to address on that is is having an engineer, particularly if you have a design engineer at the at the plant, have them have them production focused. That's very very important. Understanding the mix designs, understanding project specs for quality, product specs, in charge of all of that. And especially if they're they're sealing drawings and all that, there that's a great opportunity for the engineer to really really drive that that quality program through a strong QC manual. 
Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's good words there of wisdom. So Tony, can't thank you enough for joining me today and really appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Talk to you soon, my friend. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Breaking the Mold. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast at Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. You also can help us extend our reach by sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. Until next time, this is Joe Frollo. Thanks for joining us.